Hello and welcome to the Relationship Breakthrough Show from Aligned With Love. I'm Matt. And I am Rebecca. This is the place for people to have a magical, loving, intimate relationship. Thanks for joining us. Now let's get started. In our relationship, is not working? What are the kind of coping mechanisms or protective patterns that we can run to try to keep ourselves safe? And how do they sabotage our relationship? And how can we overcome them? Today, we're going to be looking at six hidden protective patterns that we can run. And we're joined by Dr. Willow Brown, who's a Chinese medicine doctor, functional medicine expert, and internationally recognized teacher of Taoist sexology. And also Leah Piper, who has taught thousands of couples and individuals all over the world through her school, More Love Works. She's an intimacy expert with advanced certifications in tantric yoga, positive psychology, and lots more. So firstly, ladies, warm welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here with you guys. Me too. We're looking forward to hearing about this. And um, before we jump into the six hidden patterns, just give us a quick overview of why this approach is so powerful, why it's so helpful and why we need to, to learn about it. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's it, it, these are things that are unconscious running in the subconscious of our lives, and we tend to make decisions based on them. So it's one of the most important things that the human beings want is to feel safe. And when they don't, then they go into a pattern or a strategy or a, a way, a habit of a way of keeping themselves safe. And everyone does it a little bit differently based on um, when they experienced, you know, their their first experience of a, of a trauma or something that where they didn't get their needs met or they didn't feel safe. Sometimes trauma isn't quite the right word, but, you know, sometimes that could be um, it could be anything from like at two years old getting um, molested by uh, your father to um, at four years old, not, you know, having been left at the park and didn't know your way home or something like that. So, you know, it can be a different experience for everyone and based on that developmental stage that we're at we develop a way of keeping ourselves safe and then we do it throughout the rest of our lives and one of the most um key places that we do it is in intimate relationships because sex and finances those are two things that really in our sexuality in our intimacy relationships and with money those are really important things that keep us safe in the world and um when we don't have that sense of security that sense of safety then we will subconsciously start to do um one of these six patterns that we're going to talk about today and uh it can start to block us from from the love from the intimacy from the abundance that we really seek and that we really desire mm, what do you want to add to that leah overview. yeah i'd love to hear leah what, what are your thoughts now why, why do you see this as such a an important dimension of things well i would just you know invite the listener right now to think on your life for a moment and start to remember the times that you get triggered you know those moments where your feelings get hurt someone does something that pisses you off or feels like an injustice or you feel like there's been a violation whether that's like you felt like you were lied to or manipulated or maybe someone was passive aggressive or maybe you acted out in towards someone else that you regret right those regrettable moments of when we went damn, I overreacted. 
or I, I didn't mean to push them away, or geez, I wish I could have a do-over. You know, if you think about these experiences in your life, I bet you could find that there's a theme, that there's a way of you reacting that follows itself, right? It's like, oh, I keep on doing that. Oh, I keep on doing that. Uh, for an example, um, I have a tendency to get really big. When I get upset, like all my energy gets really big. It fills up the whole room. And I hate that. I hate that I'm kind of one of those people that I think others would judge me as going, oh, you got to duck and cover around Leah. Because when she gets pissed, boy, the whole room feels it. So maybe you remember your dad being that way, or maybe you remember your mom being that way. We have these experiences that start in childhood that influence our own reactions, whether we adopt behavior or whether we rebel against that behavior. So you can kind of consider tracking yourself by listening to these different pattern themes to start to go, oh, that one sounds like me or that one definitely sounds like my brother, or that's definitely my spouse. Mm, amazing. That's a great way to look at it, uh, Leah. And I'm sure um, I'd really invite all the listeners as we go through these six, we can really guarantee that there are going to be light bulbs going off here, you know, as we hear examples and think about these six different areas. So I'm really excited, you know, for all of our listeners to un understand what these are. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's make a start. Let's, let's hear about the first um, the first pattern that we'd like to talk about. Great. If I could just preface it by saying, and, and then, Will, you can share about yeah. the first pattern, is it's important that people realize you might relate to all of them. But the truth is, is you don't actually do all of them. You have a primary and a secondary. When your primary pattern, which is your go-to pattern, when that doesn't, when that's failing, when that doesn't seem to work, then you're going to lean into the secondary pattern. So it's important that you know that you don't do all of them. Now you might go, but wait a minute, Leah, I really feel like I resonate with three of them or even four of them. It's possible that you have a connection to the light side of multiple patterns. So each of the patterns have a strength. They have a superpower. They are a part of our integrated genius. It's like we, we there's something really special about each of these patterns that we can all learn how to adopt. And then there's sort of what we would call the shadow side of the pattern, the part of the pattern that no longer works in keeping us safe like it did when we were a kid. So, and they also are dependent on the age. Uh, that we were when a situation occurred that helped us solidify that that's the pattern that works best for us as a strategy regarding keeping us safe as kids. So Willa, why don't you start with the first one? Yeah, the other thing to really keep in mind is this is, it's not like our astrology sign or our Enneagram type. This is not our, who we, it's not our propensity. It's not who we tend to be. It's our default that we go into when we don't feel, when we're feeling insecure or we're feeling triggered or we're feeling unsafe. Um, so the first one kind of develops anywhere between like utero to age one. It's, it develops before we develop language. So it, it doesn't have a strong pre like pre-verbal. So it doesn't have a strong, um, ability to talk its way out of pattern or to discuss or converse its way when it's in that triggered state when somebody runs this style 
um, that's called the leaving pattern. There's two uh, different names for these. We'll just stick with this one. So the leaving pattern is the one that, you know, it's like, shit, this isn't safe. I am out of here. I'm going to flee either in my mind. So this sometimes, not, not always, but if somebody sexually disassociates when they're not feeling comfortable or they're not feeling safe and they go out of their body, potentially they could run the leaving pattern. Um, and also they might physically leave. Like if they're an adult and they're like, okay, this is not feeling good to me. I'm overwhelmed. My nervous system is out of regulation. I'm going to leave. They will physically leave a, a relationship or a situation. So um, the leaving pattern has this, the energy kind of goes up and out and they have this really beautiful connection to kind of the ethers and the universe and the cosmos and the spirit. So they tend to be really kind of more on the spiritual side, very connected and have a lot of access to angels and higher consciousness. And it's very easy for them to just kind of live in that realm. So sometimes it can be hard for them to be in their bodies actually attract a lot of these because I am one and um, you know it can they can go into these places in, in their lives where it's like I don't really want to be here I don't really want to be in this body you know so you could also think about it as related to the first chakra of like you know are, am I here to thrive or am I here to survive what what am I really doing here so um, so the the goal again with all of these patterns is to um, bring them more to your consciousness so that you can integrate the light side of them more into your life and utilize that for um, abundance and for moving yourself forward. Yeah, the leaving pattern is like the most psychic of all the patterns. They also have oftentimes very high IQs, a lot of mathematicians, a lot of scientists, a lot of philosophers, a lot of spiritual leaders, um, a lot of artists. Uh, have the leaving pattern. It's like they're connected to the airwaves. They're connected to the universe. They're connected to nature. They're connected to this brilliance of the mystery. And they're able to sense that and then bring it into beautiful form. So they're, they're incredible artistic, mystical people. And, uh, and the core wound of is, do I belong? Do I belong? Do I belong in this body? Do I belong with other people? Do I, do I belong in community? And so, you know, again, as we go through these patterns, it's not who you are. It's simply a way with which you function in the world. Like there's a, there's something that you know, the energy hits your body and then the body integrates that in a certain way and, and can either deflect or absorb. So, and if you look at the body type of the leaving pattern, they tend to be willowy. They tend to be um, tall. They tend to be thinner. They tend to have a, um, a, a whimsical energy to them. So if you kind of get a feeling because these pattern types just don't, you know, affect our personality, they affect our body structure. So the next pattern type would be the next age, which we're looking about toddler age, when this one gets solidified in the okay. nervous system. I just want to ask a question about the sure. leaving, um, if, if I may quickly. It's um, with. Is there an implication with the leaving that maybe sometimes we might leave, and maybe it wasn't the most thought through, or like we might even come to regret leaving? Is, is oh yeah, for that? sure, oh, certainly. Yeah, that happens a lot <laughs> with yeah. the leaving, especially pattern. in intimacy. Yeah, yeah because yeah. they're the ones. All all bodies disassociate. 
Um, but the leaving pattern tends to disassociate the most. So when it comes to intimacy, if someone, if their lover or partner is too strong with both their focus, their touch, and they move too fast, it can oftentimes cause that pattern to flit up and out. And what we want to do with our lover, if they have the leaving pattern, is to hold a, a, a space enough that allows them to keep coming into their body, to sink into their body. So slower movements and awareness to more energy sensation, like building anticipation, not just going for it and, and going straight to friction, but it's like you want to show up with your energy first as you move in for that kiss or that touch. Slower, softer tends to win the race on that. I, I get that. Yeah, I, you I get that. Can you feel yourself in that? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's fascinating. Thanks for sharing that. So we've got the, the leaving pattern. This is the first. So let's move on to the second. I know you were just starting to introduce that one. Yeah, so the second one is the merging pattern. And oftentimes this happens because there's a, a need that gets unmet at around that toddler age. A classic one is being left to cry all night long in your crib and no one comes to get you. It's that feeling of desolation. It's that feeling of abandonment. So the merger pattern tends to have a lot of abandonment issues and they tend to orient how they feel by feeling how other people feel. That tends to inform them, how am I doing is based on how's other doing. And then that gives them the information that they need to be able to, to answer and be in the world and feel like they're connected. So their genius realm is we call them the pleasure loopers. They are the host or the hostess with the mostest. They want to know, do you need a sandwich? Are you hungry? Are you cold? Let me get you a blanket. Oh, your shoulders seem tense. Let me rub it out. Would you like something delicious to eat? How about a beverage? They're very concerned with making sure that you're comfortable, that you're having fun, and they're great lovers that way. They're generous lovers. They are pleasing and they love to be pleased. So they have this connection to pleasure that they love to share with the world. They want everyone around them to be happy. They also love comfort. If you ever go to a workshop, you'll notice the mergers because they're the ones that always have a snack and they got a cozy blanket and they brought an extra pillow and they're going to make sure that their little environment's like a sweet little nest that's full of comfort, relaxation, and pleasure. And they would love to share that with those that are around them. Um, and so they merge. They love that oneness experience. Can, can you guys tell I'm a, I'm a merger? <laughs> I, I see the passion there. Yeah, right. It's like my whole body comes alive because we love the senses. Yeah, they, they have a, a hard time referencing their own desires. It's this sort of like this sense of core and the sense of self is is always projected outward. Like I'll know what I feel when I know what you feel. And so there's also another level of the of the merging pattern, which Leo will talk about. Yeah, so there's two things that happen when a merger gets triggered and there's a sense of hopelessness. It's like, it's often described as a bottomless pit. The sorrow and the grief is so vast that they lose themselves in it. They can't find themselves. We call it puddling. They could cry and cry and cry. It's like they lose a sense of who am I? And they're so desperate to get out of their pain that they look outside themselves. Do you have the answer? Do you have the answer? Do you have the answer? I'll do anything 
anything to get out of this suffering. But the thing that they need in order to heal that is to actually answer that question within. And so because they are, they, they have this desire for pleasure and they have this desire for comfort and to be connected they often they can be a little manipulative and it's not something that they're consciously aware of but those people that are around them can be triggered because they sense that there's an alternative motive because the merge is trying to get their needs met they're looking for connection always and so there's two ways that this tends to manifest itself if you're just a merger right which is not the compensated merger we call that the complicated merger but <laughs> just the regular merger they tend to go rescue me rescue me rescue me where the complicated merger or the compensated merger is so sick and tired and angry at the needy feelings they feel that they go into denial of it. And instead of going, rescue me, rescue me, they're going to go to mothering. So they're going to mother their way. They're going to look, how can I help you? How can I help you? How can I fix you? What do you need? I'll self-sacrifice everything to be the thing that you need, because hopefully that'll hook you in to caring about my needs too. See, okay, I get it. It makes a lot of sense. Would you like to add anything to that, uh, Willow? Um, just the, the compensated merger can kind of wear the mask of any of the patterns. So so it can be a little bit hard to pinpoint. Um, sometimes when somebody runs this pattern, you might think, oh, wow, they really run the aggressive pattern because they're they're wearing the mask of that or wow, they run the you know leaving pattern or whatever. And um, so it can be harder to kind of understand because they're hiding the thing that is their core wound from the entire world they don't that's the and last thing themselves. they and from themselves that's the last thing they want the world to know is that they have shame or weakness around this um not knowing how to self-reference not knowing what is true for them at their core and at their so a lot of let's say a big healing for them is going to be like really sitting within and sitting with um asking yourself what, what do i need what do i need in my life what do i need in my love what do i need in my relationships what do i need in my home and my family you know what is it that i really need um mm -hmm. it's a and, scary question because they don't actually know the answer to that mm -hmm. and so they have to sit in the stillness and in the pain of yeah, not knowing the habit. Yeah. they don't really have a habit of thinking about themselves the habit is just what can i do for other people is that is that right Right. And yeah. so then you're left going like, oh, my God, is there anything here? Am I nothing? And so it's just but it's one of the things we have to go through in order mm -hmm. to realize, oh, yeah, there is something here and I do have needs and it's OK for me to learn what those are. And with the with the compensated a merger, it's like when they fell apart, that didn't get them the love that they needed. And so then they will turn to any of the other patterns and try to adopt them to go, will this one work? Will this one work? Will this one get me love? Will this one get me love? So because they have practice putting on the faces of all the other patterns, they have an aptitude to the light side of all the other patterns. It's almost like they have an advantage of learning the geniuses of the other patterns because they've actually been wearing the other patterns. Um, but they have a harder time in discovering who they are and feeling the core and the substance of who they are when, when their loved ones go, we're not going to tell you who you are anymore. Mm -hmm. We're just going to actually sit with you while you figure it out and sort it out. 
Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a big one. And, you know, I think also having it start at that developmental stage of like toddler, you're still just coming into language, like you're barely learning language. So there's that, um, that barrier again of like, how, how do I even like put words to this, you know? Um, so moving on, I guess. Well, they might have a next? question, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you have a question? Yeah. I don't, I'm crystal clear. You've explained it so well. I was just checking with Rebecca before you moved on, but no, please let's go on to the third, uh, third part. So the, the third one is the enduring pattern. And so this person, um, you know, a classic example is maybe you have like kind of an overbearing parent who finishes all your sentence for you. You know, someone's like, Oh, what, what do you like to do? A little, little Joe and little Joe's like, mm think about it and taking its time and mom steps oh he likes to do this and he likes to do that and da, 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 da. so he never really got a chance to figure out how to speak for himself or what he really wants or what he really likes and and so the the enduring pattern the energy field of it is it goes down and in so there's sort of like let me just take this all on and go sit in the corner by myself and try to figure it out. So there's kind of a brooding energy to this pattern where they feel like they didn't have enough time and space to find out what's true for them. So it can be really challenging for them to find their authentic truth. They're gonna need a lot of time and space to do that. And if anyone comes into their space while they're trying to figure that out, that's going to trigger them deeper into their pattern. So deeper down into the ground. They have a really um, wonderful sense of being grounded. However, you know, they have the, the, being around an enduring pattern, like your nervous system just softens. You're like, ah, I feel so grounded. I feel so held. They make really great healers, really great teachers. They're fantastic at just like environment, having a beautiful, you know, safe environment kind of have that earth energy to them. And um, I'd say, you know, one of the most important things for the enduring pattern is just really giving them that time and space and not pressure on them to give you an answer or to let you know what you need to feel safe inside of your own self and your own relationship so it can be challenging if you're somebody who's like i need to know what this is doing and where this is going and what what about this argument we keep having like what can we fix it they're gonna really need the time and space to to come up with a solution and an answer for that which could drive the other person deeper into their own pattern so that's why it's so important to understand what yours is and what your partner's is and how to get out of pattern which leah and i will be teaching more inside of our seven week course how to get out of pattern and how to be with these um, different, you know, patterns as they come up inside of the people that you love. For sure, that's going to be really fascinating. Obviously, we've got limited time today, but that's great to know people can access obviously more depth and really understanding how to work with this stuff. So thanks for uh, explaining that, um, Willow. Um, So let's move on to the fourth one. Do you want to touch on this one, Leah? Yeah, so the fourth one is the rigid pattern style. And this is, you know, it's sort of our perfectionist, right? Our classic perfectionist in our culture who believes and feels and experienced that in order to get love, you have to do it perfect. You got to get that A plus and A minus does not 
uh, is not adequate, right? You gotta be really good and they wanna know the rules and they wanna know the right way to do it and they will execute that. But if you don't give them all that information, then you're setting them up to fail. And so it's very important for them to get it right. And they wanna get it right the first time. And so failure can be really engulfing. And this idea that I'm not worthy of love unless I'm perfect is pretty hardwired. And if you look at, again, the body structure, if we go back to the merging pattern, they tend to have an hourglass shape. They're more full figured. They've got more uh, plushness to their body. That endure is stocky really muscle bound and very bigger hips. And then you've got this rigid pattern type that is almost like a pencil, slim, athletic, but in a slim way, right? Think about like the classic runner um, or maybe a ballerina. There is this precision. And then so they don't struggle with indulgences like the merger often does because they've got discipline and discipline comes natural to them. It's actually one of their superpowers. They can get a lot of pride and a lot of self-satisfaction by honing discipline. So they're great at um, being upholder of rules. They make incredible managers. You always wanna have a brilliant rigid pattern type on your team in business because they're gonna make sure that everything gets organized and they're gonna execute things on time. So that's part of the, the light side or the genius side of the rigid pattern type. But what's painful about the pattern survival strategy um, is that they tend to judge because they're so hyper aware of making sure that things are perfect. They're always looking for what isn't perfect. And they have a tendency to be in that painful place of being the judger. And it's very painful to be the one being judged by someone who runs the rigid pattern type. But you have to remember, if you happen to be married to a, a rigid pattern type, remember that however they're judging you, I assure you that they're judging themselves three times worse when they sit back after having unleashed their judgment. They then sit and they attack themselves internally in a really painful way. And so that's one of the ways that have always helped me to find the compassion and the unconditional love that rigids really need in order to come back from that triggered place so that they know that you're still loved and you're still safe, even if that came out a little harsh. You just got to remember that they're so harsh. They're so hard on themselves. That makes perfect sense. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah, this is ringing lots of bells here for me, and I'm sure for lots of listeners. So it's, it's really, really fascinating. Um, what's the fifth one, uh, Doctor Willow? So, like to talk yeah, about? yeah, the fifth one. This this comes around the age range of like kind of when a when a little kid is coming into their ego more, like five, six, seven. You know, like I I'm a I'm my own person, and I'm my own being an individual and I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to do it this way. So there's there's a stronger sense of ego now developing in this child. And um, they had the experience that for some reason or other, their parents couldn't like hold the authority for them. They couldn't hold the like, I've got you. And this is this is like you you can explore to this limit, but not beyond it, because then you're you know, they, so that keeping of them safe. And so they they might have been the parents might have been alcoholics, or they might have been workaholics, or they might have been whatever, but they just weren't available to be the parent 
for whatever reason. So that child got parentified, meaning that they had to step up and be the parent. Maybe they had to take care of their alcoholic father or mother. Maybe they had to take care of their younger siblings because the parents were working till midnight and nobody was feeding dinner. Maybe they had to just take care of themselves. Maybe they were an only child and, and just nobody was around to kind of like hold parameters for them. So yeah. what happens for this individual is they, they really learn that they can't trust the world. Like the, who can they trust? Nobody but themselves. So they really have this, um, this you thing of like, on anyone. I can't count on anyone. And if I don't do it myself, it is not going to get done right. Like I've got to, I got to do everything myself. And, and so it's, it can be really challenging inside of relationships. My last long-term relationship was with one of these aggressive pattern style people. And with a leaving pattern, it was like, whoa, my nervous system was getting knocked out of balance all the time because they were like, ah, it's kind of an, it's kind of a, a coming at you kind of energy this aggressive energy coming at you and they they're they're gonna fight they're gonna and they're gonna fight for what they know is true and what they know is right and they orient to what's true and as we all know there are as many truths on this planet as there are human beings on this planet but they they see what's true based on facts you said this, that means da, 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 da. But you're like, well, I didn't mean to say it that way, or I changed my mind or whatever. So there's not a lot of room for anything other than what you said or what the facts were. You didn't come home until this time. That means la, la, la. And so it can be, um, it can be challenging for them to trust, to trust themselves, to trust a partner and to trust the world. And it's exactly what they need to do in order to heal that that feeling of being safe. They actually have to allow themselves to bring the, the dukes down, the metaphorical fist down and go, I'm going to be vulnerable and I am going to trust you and I am going to ask for help. What's interesting about the aggressive pattern type is because they could only rely on themselves growing up, they couldn't trust the, the adults or the caregivers around them. They end up becoming very fast processors and highly competent. So they are so good at stuff. They can process things so fast. They're moving faster than anyone around them. They're highly efficient. They tend to have a very athletic build. They're daredevils. They love adrenaline. Um, so they're super high achievers. And a lot of the other pattern types are kind of like getting lost behind them because they operate so fast. So for them to learn how to just slow it all down and learn how to work with their own adrenal system so that they're calming their adrenals and the adrenaline that rushes through their body, which is one of the reasons why they tend to get so aggressive so fast is because of how fast they're processing and their body just speeds up. And when they don't feel like they can trust an environment that they're not safe, they're always the strongest person in the room. It makes it hard to trust other people. But if they don't, they tend to start getting in a lot of accidents, which is forces them to ask for help. And when you're in an accident, if you're in a car accident, then you, you can't, you're not in a vulnerable position to say, I need help. The help descends upon you. So one of the ways that the aggressive can be even healthier in their life is to slow down, take good care of their adrenal system, ask for help, 
embrace vulnerability and learn how to trust. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting coming from a Chinese medicine background because each each one of the five elements, you know, we've got earth, water, air, fire and metal and wood, not air, wood. So we've got these five elements and they they relate to these to these pattern types as well. So it's just very interesting to watch the the overlay and the overlapping of, you know, different systems and how they function together and the more that you understand and know the this particular system the better all of your intimate relationships are going to be not just with your spouse or your lover or your partner but with your kids with your co-workers with your best friends when you start to identify and recognize um how people default to what their safety strategy default is you know the better you can actually pull their authentic truth out of them and lee and i use this a lot in our coaching work you know identifying what somebody's pattern is when when we start working with somebody individually or or in a group setting completely changes the way that we hold space for that person yeah and if i could just like sum up these these patterns so we say that there's six and that's because we include the two versions of the merger um but here's a way to just which pattern is your primary which pattern is your backup ask yourself this you're paying attention what's your go-to when you get upset do you want to hide that would be the endurer do you want to connect that would be the merger and the compensated merger do you want to leave that would be the lever do you want to fight that would be the aggressive or do you want to do it the right way, which would be the rigid? That's a nice summary. So people can hopefully hear something from that and say, yeah, that sounds exactly like me. And yeah, identify which one or which number, you know, sound most most resonant. And yeah. It's which really one do you guys resonate with? I think I'm probably more towards the the brooding, enduring, the sort of okay. taking myself yeah. off and just kind of processing and needing time to come to a decision and don't rush me I, th- I think that was the one that probably jumped out for me how about you I think I definitely resonate with all of them <laughs> so maybe I need time to decide I don't know yeah all of them sure. really uh, ring the bell mm. yeah definitely it's, it's really fascinating model and um just give us um an idea but give us a bit more of an idea about your course you mentioned Willow but that it goes into this in much more detail. Just give us more of a sense of what you cover and why people should be, you know, wanting to access that. Yeah. So we're gonna. It's a. It's seven weeks. So I mean, Leah has been studying this for what, like fourteen years. I've been yeah, studying it for time. about five or six, you know. And um, it's a, it's a lifelong study. So we're gonna be kind of condensing that all into a seven week course so that you have like a really great foundation to take into your life and into your relationships and start to use the work to um, see people differently in your life and to see how you can be with them in a different way we'll we'll talk about the the light side more the shadow side more we'll go into more depth around that and we'll also do um interactive practices and exercises with everyone in the course so that they can really get like a felt sense of each one of the pattern styles. Yeah, the way I really hold this body of work, uh, Matt and Rebecca, is that 
this is about energetic responsibility. We all, most of us want to have healthy, happy, well-functioning, supportive relationships and partnerships in our life. And so what gets in the way of that is usually, right, these, these triggers that send us, you know, spinning out into this place of separation. And so what we want to do is give people strategies and an understanding of, of when they feel separate, how to come back how to come back to love as quickly as possible. So when you can start to understand that you're gonna be triggered for the rest of your life, it's a part of this human game we're all playing, and that that's okay, but if you can start to anticipate what you need, what are the boundaries you need to have in place? How can you be more energetically responsible for your own triggers and habits and for staying safe? And how can you teach those who love you how to help you come back to love when you're feeling separate. And that's really what this pattern information can, can show us the secrets of. So what do I need? So we're going to teach people five different strategies to bring them back when they notice, oh shit, I'm in pattern. So it's yeah. like part of that is boundaries. Another that is coming out of confusion, me, not me. Another one of those is talking about edge. Another one of those is, is understanding very easily applicable grounding exercises. Because what happens when we get triggered is we're under-resourced. We, and we need resources again to plug into so that we can come back to that stable state. And so we're going to give people tools so that they become more resourced than ever before, which is how they're going to guide themselves back to that, um, to that harmony, to that place where love can be felt and cultivated again. Yeah, it's really about, it's really about coming home to your essence. Go ahead, Matt. That's right. That's right. Giving home to your essence. Yeah, I was just going to say how how exciting it sounds and how you know, I'd really encourage everyone listening who wants to know more about this to access that. Yeah, tell us more about coming home to your essence, uh, Dr. Willow. You know, it's it's like I always say, like you're you're in your essence or you're in pattern. You know, I would say like what ninety percent of people on the planet are, are in pattern ninety percent of the time. We're just running it all the time, totally making choices and making decisions all day long from this subconscious unconscious place of like, oh, I better do this, or I'm not going to be safe, or I better do that, or I'm not going to feel whole, or I better, um, you know, do it this way or that way in order to feel like me, in order to feel like me. And so, the, the again, the important thing to remember is this is not our essence. This is not who we are. This is just how we operate in the world to keep ourselves feeling safe. And it's, it's tricky because we think it's who we are because it's always worked for us. It's, it's always worked for system. us to a point, mm -hmm. you know, but it's, but then we reach a point in our life and we're like, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. This is screwing me I'm, up. This is yeah, not getting in my way. Solving my problems. So then yeah. we need to find our true essence at that juncture. And that's one of the really um, valuable things that we'll give inside of that seven week course is like really getting in touch with your, your true, true essence. And then operating from that place making choices from that place like and when, who and are when you really and when you're seeking love or you want to stay in love 
people fall in love with you because of your essence, because they see your essence, they're experiencing your essence, and you are most yourself when you're connected to your essence, which means your imperfect yumminess. It's like you're not wearing any masks and you're just being yourself and you're letting people see into you. So you're not trying to mask your vulnerable, soft parts. You know, when you're first falling in love, you're bringing that to the table. And then we spend the rest of our marriage or the rest of the relationship trying to convince the other person to be more like us because we're operating out of fear. And so, and so then it's like, we keep building these walls and these walls and these walls and we're no longer connected and we're fighting all the time. And so it's like a learning a new way to be safe in that part of us that is actually woundable, you know, and we have to take those risks and go, yeah, I'm woundable. And I'm also have a strong ability to, to heal and to be, um, uh, resilient so this is a practice that's helped building your resilience to stay in your essence and out of fear because that's the most beautiful place to live from and to experience life from and certainly to experience love from that sounds uh, sounds very good <laughs> and also i just wonder Leah, whether some people start dating wearing their masks running mm, those certainly because they yeah. feel don't go enough but, it, but what I've noticed is that when we are wearing our masks in dating, we have a harder time finding love. Because people, it's, it's why I always tell people in my practice, look at your friends. Who's your friends group? Those are the people to fall in love with. Cultivate friendships. They make the best lovers because they they don't care about you in your sweatpants wearing no makeup and your hair is a bedhead mess. You know, they already know how much money you make a year and the shitty car you drive and they like you anyways. It's if you can turn towards your friends, those are the people who already love you. You're already yourself with them. So if you know how to be a friend, take that person out to dinner when you hook up with someone on a dating app. That's who you want to practice being because that's yourself. And it takes practice to resist being impressive. It takes practice to stop turning yourself up into a pretzel because you're trying to be what you think that person will love. So the process as someone who's dating is to get in touch with that part of you who is just the natural you and not put on airs and learn how to not do that thing we've all been trained to do since adolescence, which is to pretend to be someone we think someone else will love. And then you'll have so much more success in dating. And it comes back to vulnerability, which is a big thing that we will be touching on also in this course. I think so many of us avoid being vulnerable. We avoid being our true selves because we're afraid that it's not lovable or that it's going to get hurt. We're going to get hurt if we really show our true colors. But vulnerability is one of the key pillars to intimacy. We have, and you know, one of my big missions in life is like to help people look for opportunity to be vulnerable. If you get hurt, that means that person's not right for you. So looking for those opportunities to get vulnerable, vulnerability, trust, and presence, those three things are what intimacy really is, you know? And so when we can, when we can find these deeper places inside of ourselves and access them and have a deep relationship to them and trust them, then we can share them with whomever we are starting to date 
very easily, very openly. And whomever we're dating is either going to love it or not love it. And so it's a, it's a good sorting hat. You put that sorting hat on whoever you're dating, you know, you go through um, people much more quickly and you start to discern, like, I just know that you're not, that you're not going to be the one I want to be vulnerable with. I just can feel it. So we get stronger in our sense of discernment. That's how we can, if we're, if we're looking for love, that's how we can start to um, get more clear, more discerning, more pinpointed around finding the right person. Interesting, fascinating. And um, my my last question, you might have another question. I was going to ask for people who are listening, maybe thinking, well, I love the idea of being vulnerable and I'm, maybe we're not very vulnerable, but it takes a certain courage, wouldn't you say? And I just wonder what you'd say to someone in that situation where kind of, you want to be vulnerable, but it's just not easy because of the situation or the people that you're with. What, what would you suggest? Well, I, I, I'll i go first and then Willa, you'll, I'll, I've got a short answer. And that is, it's hard to be vulnerable. Do you know why? Vulnerability means woundability. It's what it translates to. So yeah, when we're vulnerable, we're like opening up our guts and going, I hope you like what you see. You know, it is scary. It is hard. And your ability to do that, and just like Willow highlighted, the discernment to do that, to know when you are with the people who are going to hold your vulnerability like a precious gift. And you know what? Most adults do. Most of us who are grown, mature, happy, healthy, well-adjusted people by and large, don't trash someone's vulnerability. We actually do see it as a gift and do hold it as sacred and find it to be a privilege that we're trusted with it. And so, A, I believe people can trust people more than they actually do. And we need to start pushing that envelope. But when you trust yourself, you know that you can, you'll feel if this person is worthy of you gifting them with your vulnerable parts of yourself. And you'll have a felt sense feeling of, no, this person is not worthy and they will not hold my vulnerability. And so you don't waste your time on them. Your, your meter becomes very high tuned. Your felt sense of inner guidance gets strengthened. And so you've learned by practicing vulnerability and knowing what's at stake and choosing to learn how to trust yourself, you can actually succeed a lot more. You start to really trust the path of vulnerability because you trust yourself. And so the first journey on, the first step on the journey is to learn about self-trust and yeah. to get that honed in. And it's through that self-trust that you know that you can actually trust more people than you ever could imagine with your vulnerability. Because people by and large are beautiful, they're good, they're honest, they're loving, and they wanna get love right just as much as you do. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. It, that, it's that the trust piece is like, I trust myself so much that I can open up and be vulnerable with you. Because even if whatever goes wrong on the outside in this outer relationship, I've got me and I can come home to my essence and I know my core and I've got me. So I trust me. Therefore, I can be vulnerable with you. That allows the other person to trust themselves more then they're vulnerable with you and so now you're in this trust and vulnerability cycle with another person and the presence piece that just comes mm -hmm. very naturally yes and everyone wins ah yeah. this love thing becomes like this superpower contagion that is just awesome and i just have to say that 
I mean, remember, listeners, like, remember the last someone, last time someone was vulnerable with you, how precious that was and how beautific they were. They might have been sobbing or they might have been laughing. They're sharing something so important about themselves with you. And weren't they just stunning? I mean, vulnerability on other people is so beautiful. It's like this massive gift. And so even though it's really scary, it's meant to be because it's so rewarding and when we do hard things we get rewarded so this is just another reason it's like vulnerability is hard and it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and another trick to the trade is like if you're let's say you've been in a long-term relationship and you're like fuck now i now i feel like i need to talk about these things that i've never talked about in the last 20 years you can always set yourself up by saying hey there's something that i really need to talk to you about And I'm nervous to talk to you about it. I am scared to talk to you about it because I'm afraid of the way you're going to react or I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to get it all out before, you know, you dive into what you think about it or whatever your fear is. Just lay your fear on the table first and then go and then that's going to soften the other person right away. They're going to be like, oh, well, let me hold good space for you then if you're feeling nervous and scared about this. And then you can go into what it is that you want to talk about um, and then give them the space when you're finished to you know, respond. And that space could be five minutes. It could be five days. Somebody might need longer to come up with what they feel about what you said. That's it. Well, this conversation has been so rich in ideas and inspiration. And I love this point we've got to at the end of really like showing what's at stake here, what the opportunity is when the, when the relationship really works, you know, the depth of connection that we can have you know, when we can be vulnerable with someone. And well, the way we've got to that is by uncovering the patterns that stop us from experiencing that. So this has been such a valuable conversation. Massive thank you. Uh, to both of you for your time and energy and enthusiasm and passion sharing it this all all with us so any final questions no thank you so much for sharing your ideas with us and i definitely agree with matt this last bit has been amazing talking about vulnerability many many women don't want to be vulnerable they equate they equate being vulnerable with being weak which is completely the opposite right it's actually strong yes absolutely yeah Okay, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining us. And please remember to subscribe and to leave us a review. Who could you share this episode with that needs to hear this message? Share this episode and remember that the quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. See you on the next episode.